Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. from our church and to you. Just happy Thanksgiving. Hope that it's a relaxing time and a time for you guys to uh, enjoy time with your family. But uh, as the video was showing just right there, I think the most important thing for us, and it sounds like a cliche, but it's true, is, is we need to remember what we are thankful for. It's so easy in our, uh, in our present day and age where there's a lot of worries, a lot of stress, a lot of frustrations, and really just pain in our world um, to remember that God is still good and that we do have a lot of things to be thankful for. And so um, just want to encourage you this week to do that. And whatever your Thanksgiving looks like, whether it's with family or friends or, uh, you know, even maybe even if you find yourself uh, maybe even alone on that day, um, just remember that you're not, that God is with you. And so happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Um, we're going to continue today in our message series that we have begun called Essentials. Uh, this is the third week. Last Next week will be our final week. Uh, and this is a series where we're asking the question, what is the blueprint for a relationship with God? Or what are the essential building blocks to a relationship with God? And really, why does it matter? And the reason that we're asking these questions is because if you were to ask somebody, what does it mean to be a Christian, to be a follower of Christ? What are the most important things? What do you need? to know to live a healthy relationship with God, you'll get a million different answers, but only a few of them are actually what the Bible teaches is the essentials of it. And so this series is really all about what are the essential building blocks, the things of if all else, this is what we need to know and what we need to make sure that we're focusing on. Well, we began by talking about new identity and 360 discipleship. And what that means is that we learn that when we begin a relationship with Jesus, the Bible teaches that when we begin a relationship with Christ, that we are made new, that we are given a new identity. And we talked about it's like like being given new clothes, taking off our old, dirty, ratty clothes and being given a brand new wardrobe. And that changes everything because now we walk with our heads held high and we're moving forward as children of God. But that's not the, the end of it. That's just the beginning. But like we talked about last week about buying a classic car that needs restored Discipleship is the daily process of God working on us and in us and through us to make us like Jesus and restore us to our original design. So every day of our lives, you know, we, we're, God is making us new. He's changing us and bringing us back to what our original design was for every person to be. And along the way, we get messed up and we still have more problems. So every day, the process of discipleship is Jesus continuing to restore us and to heal us. And the big idea of last week's message and the kind of target of what we're aiming for is the invitation of discipleship is to become a masterpiece in God's hands. That's what we're called. The Bible makes it clear that we are actually a masterpiece, like we're a work of art in God's hands as he's working through us. If we look back, and we can see it happening day by day, but months and months, years down the road, you look back at what you used to be, who you used to be, and you can see that God is making you into a masterpiece. Well, this week, we're going to talk about the third uh, essential building block of the of relationship with God, and that is what I'm calling HS Assist. HS Assist, or Holy Spirit Assist. Now, the Holy Spirit, and more specifically, the concept of living in the Spirit, which is, um, as the New Testament often calls it, is often misunderstood. 
Okay, so what we're going to do today is, first off, I want to just kind of create a baseline here. Let's just throw everything you think you know about the Holy Spirit or what you thought you knew or what you've experienced or what you've seen in another church or any other type of a situation. What I want is for today for us to kind of start with a baseline of, you know what, I just want to look and see what the Bible actually says about it. And here's the problem. It's misunderstood because people don't understand what the Holy Spirit is or they don't really understand the purpose of the Holy Spirit. We oftentimes become afraid of it or weirded out by it, right? The idea of it. And so what ends up happening is, is most people just avoid it altogether, right? It's like, well, I've heard that the Holy Spirit, and that means people are rolling around on floors, or it's people being kind of crazy or weird, or they're talking about like supernatural type stuff. And like, I don't know anything about that. I don't know what I think about that. I've been to churches that, you know, it's strange, or I have, I don't know what I think. And what ends up happening is, is that oftentimes we don't talk about it, or we don't study it, and we just avoid it altogether. But here's the thing. The topic of the Holy Spirit is unavoidable in Scripture. It's everywhere. It is literally everywhere. And specifically in the New Testament, which is really all about the Christian person learning to live the Christian life. In the New Testament, the, Holy, the, 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 the New Testament assumes as a norm. Hear me on this. The Bible assumes in the New Testament as a norm that Christians are walking in step with the Holy Spirit. If you read the New Testament... What you see is phrases like walk in the Spirit, live by the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. But we don't talk about it because we don't really know what that means. A lot of people like, you know, as you read those passages of Scripture, it doesn't really unpack them. It assumes. And the reason for that is because in the New Testament, in the first century church, it was just a part of life. It was normal to them. Okay? So what we're going to do today is we're going to actually look at various passages of Scripture and unpack the concept of what the Holy Spirit is so that we can know what it means to walk in the Spirit. And I promise you, it's not nearly as crazy as you think it is. It's actually a lot more normal, and it's much more accessible. But because it's found so often in the New Testament, and because it's all over the Bible, the Bible talks about the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit and how it interacts with us as people everywhere. Because of that, it's really important for us to understand it and to get a good hold of what it's all about and what it means for us And how the Bible paints a clear picture that it is one of the essential building blocks in a relationship with God. So this week's message is called HS Assist. Well, what does that mean? What do I mean by that? So it seems like every other day on TV you'll see a commercial for a car. And they're advertising some new technology that's involved in a vehicle. And you're like, Jared, really? We're talking about cars again? Like last week we talked about classic cars. This week we're going to talk about cars again. I promise you I am not really a car person. This is not me. But what I do is while I'm writing messages throughout the week, I'm praying and asking God for how can I translate what I see in Scripture into something that makes sense? How can, I, how can I use an illustration? How can I create a metaphor that helps understand what we're trying to teach? And so this week, this is what came up to my mind as I was preparing this message. Every, every day, you just turn on the TV. It's super easy. They're talking about um, vehicles and the technologies that they're introducing into them to help you while you're driving, to assist you while you're driving, to make it either safer or more enjoyable. How many of you have ever heard of brake assist in a car? Let me see your hands. Brake assist, okay? That's an example of what I'm talking about. Parallel parking assist is another one. There are cars that actually, if you line up at a certain spot, it will park for you, okay? That's an example we're talking about. Backup cameras. How many of you have a rear view camera in your car? 
view people. Okay, this is a pretty common feature that's coming in cars these days. Things like OnStar, there's another example. Um, things like satellite radio, turbo engines, right? These are all technological advances that are being added into vehicles. Their whole point of them is to make your ride either safer, more efficient, or more enjoyable. In fact, just this past week, I was driving in my dad's car. We were up in Pima Tuning, and uh, I noticed that he was about to change lanes. And on the side mirror, there was a little tiny light that came on, a little yellow light on the actual mirror outside of the car. I said, Dad, what's that? He says, I don't know. And I looked at it, and I looked back as he was about to change lanes, and there was a car in the blind spot. This is literally a little alarm that would go off or a light that would light up that would show you that there is a car that you might not be seeing. So every time you're looking in your mirror and you would see it out of the mirror because, you know, that's the whole point of the blind spot and you have to turn around, the car now tells you. This is a technology that was added into a car in order to assist you and to help you be safe. Well, in the same way, the Bible describes the Holy Spirit as an assistant, as a relationship for us that's, a, that's installed in our lives to help us in our daily lives, HS Assist. And this comes out of a passage of Scripture in the Gospel of John. If you have a Bible, pull out your Bibles. Or if you have a smartphone or a tablet, open up the Bible app. If you don't have it, get to the App Store and download the Bible app. We have free Bibles for you as well at the Connection Center and right on the table in front here outside of the chapel. It will also be on the screen here for you. So John chapter 14, the 14th chapter, beginning in verse 16 and 17. This is Jesus talking, and he's introducing the concept of the Holy Spirit as an assist, like a technology built into our lives as Christians. And he says this, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. So Jesus, right off the bat, is talking about the Holy Spirit. And the word that he's using is comforter, right? Counselor. Now, this comes from the Greek word parakletos. If you are taking notes, write this down. So you can now you can say, I speak Greek. Can you guys say this with me? Parakletos. Now, this word literally means advocate or helper or counselor or comforter. It comes from two words that are combined. It's a combination word. The first one is para. You've heard of this word before, parachurch, paramilitary. Para means, in Greek particularly, means to come alongside of, to call alongside of, okay? And then the other word is kalin. So paraklete, parakalin. Parakletos means, kalin means to call. So if you put paraklete together, parakletos, the word means to call alongside of for assistance, and actually, in the Greek, and even in classic literature outside of the Bible, the word parakletos is used, and it always means, like, counselor. It means attorney. It means an advocate, somebody who's coming with you, walking with you to help you through a circumstance. So this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I will pray to the Father, and I will send you the advocate. I will send you an assistant. I will send you a comforter, a counselor, a mentor. I will send him to you, and he will be in you. Right? right there, we see that to assist us. But it's so much more than that. So all of these technologies in our cars, right, the backup assist and the brake assist and the turbo engines and the OnStar and the satellite radio, all the things that are designed to help us in our drive, most of what you see is on the dashboard, right? Most of the things are on the dashboard or on your screen. Well, what does Holy Spirit assist look like? What does HS assist look like? I want to dive into Scripture this morning, 
And I want to see what the divine dashboard of HS Assist looks like. And the first one of those areas is what I'm calling navigation. Navigation or spirit-led living. Spirit-led living. This is probably the foundational piece of the Holy Spirit that we need to understand. This is what I'm talking about in the scriptures. You're going to see it. In Galatians chapter 5, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Galatia, which is modern-day Turkey. Okay, So he's writing to this church that's in this city, and he's talking to them about what it means to live in the Spirit. This is navigation. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. This says this. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, when you're driving in your car, if you have navigation built in or if you have like a GPS, one of those that you've installed in your car or even on your phone that you kind of connect to your dashboard, this is what we're talking about. It is a guide, right? But what we see in this passage of Scripture that the Holy Spirit is most likely, the way that it most often operates in our lives is like a communion element. It is a concept of a relationship to where it says walk by the Spirit, live in the Spirit, be led by the Spirit. The indication is that it's actually already present in your life, and you just have to tap into it. Okay, So what we see here is it's like a communion. It's a decision, a choice, a constant companion on the road of life. Like the onboard computer. Like you get in the car and it's just there already. And it offers things like wisdom. The Holy Spirit offers guidance and direction, encouragement, and comfort. And it would be like this. It would be like you going to the car lot, buying a car, knowing that it has a bunch of features that already come with the car, and choosing to actually use them. That's what it means to walk in the Spirit, to walk by the Spirit. So whenever you read passages of Scripture and it says walk in the Spirit or to to live by the Spirit, that's what it's talking about. It's this concept of Spirit-led living is an everyday constant. The features are already available to you. The choice is whether or not you're going to use them. I can get in the car and my car can have all of these features, but I can also choose to ignore them right? That's, the, that's how it works. I cannot look at the navigation. I can choose to not use the backup camera. I can choose to ignore the uh, proximity or collision alerts, right? But the idea of walking with the Spirit as the Scriptures are teaching is this idea of knowing it's present already and being aware of it and allowing it to be used, to choosing to activate it and to use it. And here's just a couple of scriptures that also reinforce this idea of what the Holy Spirit's purpose is. And it won't be on the screen, but if you're writing them down, you can look at them later. John 14, 26. It says that the Holy Spirit will teach you all things, and it will remind you. John 16, verse 13 says, The Spirit of truth will guide you in all truth. This is navigation, right? The idea of he will teach you where to go. He will show you where to go, what to do. He's going to remind you. He's going to declare what is to come. This is Jesus' words. Luke chapter 12, verse 12 says, the Holy Spirit will teach you at the very hour of what you need. So not just like ahead of time. It's not like, you know, you load up uh, Google Maps and it says, here's where you're going, but actually in real time, right? In that moment, oh, there's a, there's a road closure here. I love Waze. How many of you use the, the app Waze? Am I the only one? Three people, okay. Waze is awesome. You know why? Because it actually knows what's happening along the route, and then it'll route you around it. That's what it's saying. In the moment that you need it, the Holy Spirit will tell you what you need. So not only does it provide guidance of the whole thing, it actually interacts with us on a regular basis. 
I love that. The Holy Spirit and the divine dashboard shows up in navigation, the Spirit-led living. But another function of the Holy Spirit in our lives that the Bible teaches is what I would call awareness alerts or the Holy Spirit radar. Acts chapter 16, check this out. This is a really cool story in the Bible. In Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10, and watch how the Holy Spirit actually is very much involved in specific um, moments and how they, the disciples were listening to what God was saying to them in real time. Check this out. Acts 16, verses 6 through 10. It says, they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. This is that area, like the Turkey area. And they had been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. So somehow they were going to go to one spot and they were like, wait a minute. I just have something in my heart that says I can't go. This is not where we're supposed to go. So they paused. That's an awareness alert, right? When they came to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to. Interesting. Passing by that city, they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision in which a Macedonian man was standing and pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Again, right? The Holy Spirit is, is, is downloading real-time information, saying, don't go there, don't go there. And now they're sitting there going, well, I don't really know where to go. So he's sleeping, maybe in a hotel, who knows, whatever. And for that night, they're just trying to figure out plan of action. Maybe their plan was the next morning to get up and go to another town. But the Holy Spirit intercedes right in that moment, intersects and says, okay, hey, wait a second, here's what I want you to do. Come over to Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, we immediately made efforts to set out for Macedonia. And this is the important part. Concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So what we're seeing here is like just like you're driving down the highway, right? And all of a sudden, my plan is to get off on this exit. But my navigation... My computer, my onboard system says there's a road closure or there's an accident there or this is not where you want to go. There's a police sighting, whatever it might be, and it says don't go there, go here instead. This is exactly what we just saw in this passage of Scripture. The Holy Spirit is saying, I want you to go here or here. Or it's the same thing with like collision alarms, right? I'm about to turn into the lane and I'm looking and I don't see a car. And like on my dad's vehicle, it had that little light, the little alarm was going off. Or any of you have like a rear backup camera when you're driving backwards, you have the little lines that tell you if you're getting too close to something. Some cars actually have an alarm that go off. This is what we're talking about. Awareness alerts. The Holy Spirit is designed to protect us, to keep us safe, to not just tell us where to go, but also to tell us what not to do and where not to go, and to warn us of times when things are dangerous or that you need to be aware or or a heightened sense. That's why I'm calling it Holy Spirit radar. The idea is, is that you're going through your life as I'm walking through my life, as I'm going through work, as I'm talking to people, sometimes you'll get a feeling in your spirit, and it's the, it's the Holy Spirit telling you, be careful, this person doesn't have good motives for you. It could be any type of a circumstance, and that's what we see in this passage of Scripture. It's warnings, right? It's protections. It's an understanding of you should go here or avoid that. It might be that I'm about to make a decision. Right, And I think this is a good decision. And all the counsel that I have from friends says this is the right thing. But something in your spirit says this isn't the right move. For some reason, I just feel like that. And as you pray about it, as you search the scriptures about it, you get peace in your heart. That's the Holy Spirit warning you or, or guiding you. Something that might be, might on its face appear to be normal. Right? But sometimes, I would say, all the time, God knows better or more than what a human eye can see or understand. And so the Holy Spirit's purpose in our life is to advocate for us, is to guide us, is to lead us, but also to protect us, to warn us, okay? And we see that in this passage of Scripture. It's about discernment. It's about awareness. 
Sometimes it gives a specific instruction. And the Holy Spirit is also for conviction. In, in John chapter 16, verse 8, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will come and do all the things that we talked about, but it also says that he's going to convict the world of sin and of judgment, of righteousness. What that means is that sometimes the Holy Spirit's going to knock on you and go, hey, hey, this thing that you're doing right now or this thing you're planning to do today, it's not right. It's not healthy. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt other people around you. Sometimes the Holy Spirit shines a light on something you think is a secret or that is a secret to everybody except for him. The Holy Spirit's job is to, again, fuel the process of discipleship. We talked about that last week. The process of discipleship is, is moving closer every day, intentional steps to become like Jesus, to be restored in the image of him, to become like the original design, that classic car that's slowly becoming this gorgeous masterpiece of what it was created to be. And sometimes the Holy Spirit, it's like a light that shines into your engine and goes, there's a brake line that's messed up right there. Where it looks inside and it says, you need to replace this bolt, whatever it might be. And the process of the Holy Spirit in our lives, this awareness alert, is sometimes the Holy Spirit will, will pick on something in our lives that we've been ignoring or that we haven't wanted to admit or to understand. It's not always that, hey, be careful, don't go to that place today. Sometimes it is like that, but most often the Holy Spirit speaks to us about our lives and how we might not be measuring up or how we're hurting people or how we're hurting ourselves or how it's creating division in our lives from God or separating us from him or from other people, right? So that's half of the battle is the Holy Spirit giving him permission and an understanding or an acknowledgement and awareness that he actually wants to tell us about our actual daily habits and how they could be uh, either pushing us away from him or how we could better be moving closer to him. The Holy Spirit often will give us awareness alerts. So we've seen navigation, which is spirit-led living. We've seen awareness alerts, like Holy Spirit radar. And now something that's actually really cool, what I call turbo, like a turbo engine. My car has one of these. Um, it's got a little dinky 1.4 liter engine. It's pretty pathetic. It's a tiny little Chevy Sonic that can't really get moving, except when the turbo kicks in, which is pretty awesome. The turbo is an idea of, of an engine that injects a certain amount of, uh, of fuel that gets it moving faster than it could or more powerfully than it could on its own. Uh, if you've seen like Fast and Furious movie series, the concept is like a nitrous. It's a little bit different, but the idea of it's injecting something powerful to get more use or more energy out of it. And the Holy Spirit is actually, part of its responsibility is to empower us in our lives to be able to be more effective as human beings and as Christians. And this comes from Acts chapter 1. Verse 8, again, this is the word of Jesus, guys. This is not like, you know, like Pastor Jared making this up. It's not even an apostle who we revere as obviously being spoken through God to write the scriptures. This is the words of our Savior. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, but you will receive power. And the actual word for power there is dynamo, which is like where we get the word dynamite from, okay? So dynamo, you will receive power when the what? Holy Spirit comes on you. So what are we talking about here? This is what I would call a supernatural injection of power to get more out of life and to accomplish God's purposes in your life. It allows us to do more. It allows us to be more and to be more effective than on our own. Now, I'm not talking like, like five-hour energy drinks or monster energy drinks. Like, we're also not talking about you being a superhero, okay? So like the Holy Spirit did not come so that you could like lift up a car and throw it at a wall. Like that's not what the Holy Spirit's purpose is. So when we're talking about an empowerment or a turbo in your life, pull your expectations down a little bit, okay? 
But what we are talking about is the Holy Spirit has the way, the ability, because, and, and this, is where, this is where people oftentimes get lost, right? Because when you mention the word supernatural, people start thinking, okay, now you lost me. I just want to ask you a question then. Do you believe in God? And if you do, he's supernatural, right? So, so wouldn't it make sense then that if that God who created the universe and created the, the stars and the planets and set everything in motion and is in control of all of those things, and if we believe that the Bible is his letter to humanity in order to understand who he is and what he has for us and who we are in relation to him, and then if that Bible does in fact say that his spirit lives within us when we say yes to Jesus, when we become a follower of Christ, that his spirit lives within us, and then it says that you will receive power when that spirit comes upon you, well, then doesn't that indicate then that what he says is true? And if there are power, supernatural ability that can turbo our lives, then we need to take that seriously. But what does that mean? Let's look at a couple, a couple of verses of Scripture. I'm not going to read them, but I want to indicate where they are so you can do some study on your own. The power of the Holy Spirit allows us to do a few things. One, to pray more effectively. In Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27, and also in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20, it talks about praying in the Spirit. It talks about a space of, if any of you have ever been in a place where you're like, I don't even know what to pray for. I'm frustrated right now. I'm overwhelmed right now. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit inside of you will actually empower you to pray for your friends or for your neighbors or for what's going on in your own life. That you can have more effective prayer life. That, the, that in that moment, it's like you're creating like a, a channel, like a bandwidth, right? If you ever had like dial-up internet versus like uh, broadband internet. And if you guys ever had like Net 10 back in the day or like AOL, we had to dial up and you had that weird little noise that you had to do on your modem, right? All that stuff. That was the slowest, most frustrating thing in the world. And when broadband internet came out and you could download MP3s at like five minutes instead, right? I mean, I know it's a joke. Now you can get them like in a clip, right? But back in the day, when you had dial-up internet, you couldn't do anything. That's like praying without the Holy Spirit. When you don't have the Spirit of God living within you or you're not tapped into it, sometimes you feel like your prayers aren't going through. Sometimes you're like, God, are you even listening? And you don't even feel like he's responding back to you. But when you pray in the spirit, and when I say that, I'm not talking about anything crazy or anything weird. What I'm saying is, is when you allow the Holy Spirit in that moment, God, I want to, I want to know you. And I'm, and your spirit lives within within me. And I, I just want to know you more, and I'm praying to you. As you allow that, as you learn to live in the Spirit and walk in it, you're going to be sensitive to what he's saying to you. As you do that, you're going to begin to pray more fervently. You're going to see him speaking to you more often in your own prayer life. And I recognize this all sounds very uh, very nonspecific, and it's because it's really hard. It's really difficult to be able to tell you a formula if I say these words. It doesn't work like that. But walking in the Spirit, learning to hear the Spirit of God speaking to you and allowing him to affect every area of your life, including your prayer life, is a process that you have to begin walking through every day. And it's something I'd be happy to have a conversation with you about. I'm not perfect at this, okay? But what I will say is I can tell you what I've learned, and I would be happy to teach you. But what I want for you, in addition to the other things we're going to talk about, what I want for you is to acknowledge that the Spirit of God exists, that he wants more for your life, that it's not just designed for you to, to, to know whether you should go down a certain road or not, but instead he actually wants to, to let you know in your prayer life that he hears you. And then you can hear his voice speaking to you. And then maybe he'll fill you with encouragement or with fuel in that moment. That's what it means to pray more effectively, more powerfully. It's not that you're going to get louder. It's not that you're all of a sudden going to, you know, start using words that you've never spoken for. It's not any of that. Praying in the Spirit is, a, is, a, is more of an open pipeline. 
It's taking out the clog of all the other stuff, and the Holy Spirit has the ability to, like a wave, like a, a rush of water through a pipe that clears it out. That's what we're talking about by praying in the Spirit. Praying more effectively. Another thing that the power of the Holy Spirit allows us to do is to overcome fear and operate in boldness. Acts chapter 14, verse 13 and in 31, it talks about, they were actually praying about, the disciples were persecuted. They were talking about how they, they didn't have, they were afraid, they were worried they were going to be hunted down and they were going to be killed. And they would say, Holy Spirit, come upon me and help me to be bold. And actually that verse 31 says that the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke boldly about the name of Jesus. So what we see is that the Spirit of God is not just for our own private prayer life. It's actually giving us power to be bold in life, to be confident people, to know that when I walk out the door, that I'm not just, I'm not just telling myself that I'm a new creation because I came in Christ, but now I actually live it. I walk with a swag in my step because I know that I'm a child of God. The Holy Spirit has the ability to help us to overcome fear even when we're facing the giant in front of us. That's the Holy Spirit's job, is to come alongside of us and to prop us up in the back and say, I know that you're afraid about your court case. I know that you're afraid about this bill that you don't know how to pay. I know that you're worried about losing your job, or you're going to lose your marriage, or whatever it might be. The Holy Spirit gives you the ability to say, to stand up tall and say, I know that my God is with me. I know that he is faithful. The Holy Spirit lifts you up and gives you a power to stand even when everyone else would fall to their knees. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It also helps us to say no to sin and to break the chains of unhealthy patterns in Galatians 5.16. If any of you are in the room and you're like, I hate the fact that I do this thing over and over and over again, you are not alone. If Whether you find that you're in an addiction, uh, suffering from an addiction, or whether you just have healthy patterns in your life, and you're finding yourself in a place, I can't get past this. I'm frustrated by it. I feel like I can't move forward in my life or in my faith because this thing is always holding me back. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to break that or to overcome that or to move forward from that. It doesn't mean, again, that you're going to never struggle with that again. What it does mean is that more often than not, you tap into the Holy Spirit in that moment. God, Holy Spirit, give me power right now to overcome this thing. The Bible makes a promise to you that when you are tempted, he will always provide a way out. And the Holy Spirit is what gives us the ability in the moment to say, I want that way out. Because if you're like me, when you're tempted with the thing that you want the most, right, that thing that maybe you know isn't healthy or good for you, but in the moment you forget that, am I alone here, right? In that moment, oftentimes I see the road that God has given me to get out of that situation, but I choose to not take it. Anybody in the room, right? This is what it's like to live the life of faith. But the difference is, as the first passage of Scripture we talked about, is that the flesh within us says, no, come on, it'll be fine. It won't be that big of a deal, right? Don't worry about it whether it's taking a little bit of money that you should spend on your bills or paying for your kids and instead going to wherever and using it. Maybe it's a gambling issue. Perhaps it's a pornography issue. It could be anything, right? Whatever you struggle with, how many times do each of us struggle with that very thing? And we don't take the way out, but the Holy Spirit is the thing that reminds us and says, you say, God, I don't have strength. For I cannot tell you how many times I've prayed, God, I don't want to do this thing. I don't want to do this thing that I know. I'm about to make the decision. There's part of me that's going, come on, Jared, just do it. Come on, man, it's going to be good. Don't worry. Like, don't worry. You, and you forget about all of it, but the Holy Spirit in that moment is saying, no, Jared, I have it. I provided a way out for you. And we have to take it. But when we do, it gives us the strength. And then when we take that way out, I find in my own life. And in that moment, I'm proud of myself. And I feel the Spirit of God saying, I'm proud of you, son. 
You did what I, what I called you to do. You, you were not held captive or a slave to that thing any longer. I've broken it off of you. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to say no and break the chains of unhealthy patterns. Other things going to rapid fire go through. Supernatural peace and strength and resolve. The Holy Spirit provides something that no one else can. In the moments when you are full of, of fear and, and, or anger or whatever the emotions are, they're going to take you away from God or are going to destroy areas of your life. The Holy Spirit has the ability in that moment to say, peace in your life. When you have no business being in, at peace, instead the Holy Spirit can fill you with it. And again, unexplainable, yet purposeful Holy Spirit-empowered moments. Talking about, I've actually a crazy story of my um, uh, college uh, dean. He told me a story when he was in Mexico, and this is going to blow some of your minds. He was in Mexico, and his car had broken down in like the middle of a desert. They were on like a missions trip or something, and the car had busted. There was steam coming out from the whole thing, and he was like, what are we going to do? And, and uh, they had nobody who was coming along, and they were just praying, God, please help us. We don't know how to get out of this area. The car isn't moving any longer, and um, I'm probably going to butcher most of the story, but essentially, uh, a, a man comes along in a car down this road, the only person who'd come for a long time, and he gets out of the vehicle, and uh, Dr. Mark Rutland, the, who is the, um, the dean of our school, gets out and starts talking to him, right? Just starts speaking to him about what the problem was, and the guy ends up calling. I think he ends up calling, you know, the, some help, and somehow they got up on the road. And when the, the gentleman left, uh, the friend who was with Dr. Rutland said, I didn't know you spoke Spanish. And Dr. Rutland said, what are you talking about? And he said, the whole time, you're having a conversation with this guy in Spanish. And he says, what, I was? Turns out, that the Holy Spirit enabled him to speak a different language. Now, this is, this is, now believe me, okay? If any of you are sitting here in the room right now and you're thinking that's absurd, I don't know how else to explain it to you other than the Bible talks about being given other languages, okay? So there are moments in our lives where the Holy Spirit intersects with our lives and does unexplainable yet purposeful Holy Spirit-empowered moments, things like language, things like divine healings, things like divine interventions. I have been involved in those moments, where I was about to run into a, a tractor trailer and somehow my car moved out of the way. There's no way it would go one direction and all of a sudden shift directions. The Holy Spirit involves in our lives. And there are moments like that, the ability to, to intersect and to change for a purpose, to bring glory to his name, to protect and preserve us, to bring us to a greater understanding of who he is and to be used in powerful ways so that other people will know that he is existing and alive. Again, we're not talking about superheroes. We're talking about normal people being sensitive to the power of the creator of the universe working in us and around us. That's what it means to be like empowered with a turbo engine. We are conduits for God, okay? We are not the ones doing anything. It's all about the process of being willing and learning to let God be who he is through us. If God had the ability to stop a car from crashing into another car, then he can do the same thing within us. It's just, it's him operating within us. That's all we're trying to say is the Holy Spirit has been sent to be his representatives on earth and he uses us and empowers us, not just in supernatural ways, but particularly in ways like empowerment in Holy Spirit radar and living a spirit-led life. All right, last one here is fully equipped spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11 talks about this. I'm going to read it to you. It's a little bit long, so I'm going to read and kind of quick through it because we've got to get out of here. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 11 says, Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom, 
through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by that Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. The point here, I don't want to you know, belabor this whole point, but the Holy Spirit is more than just people speaking in tongues. Okay? The Spirit of God is literally been present in our lives to give us the ability for whatever task he has for us. It could be to comfort us in a moment of fear, or it could be to be used powerfully in someone's life to display that he loves that person who's far from him. And our willingness to be used by God, it will dictate whether or not God shows up in areas of our lives or not. If we want God to be, if we want to be used by God in our community to someone, then just maybe he wants you to pray for that person, that they're sick and pray that they might be healed. And just maybe if I believe that God can in fact want to heal and would use me to do it, perhaps he would actually do that. But I can tell you one thing is for sure. It will never happen if you don't believe he wants to or that he can't. So the reality of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the assistance of Holy Spirit in our lives, the whole idea behind it is, do I believe that the Bible is true? And if I do, the Bible says that the Spirit of God lives within us, and he wants to use us to either impact our lives, but also the Holy Spirit is to be used so that other people can come to know him. So the big idea of this message is this. The Holy Spirit assists us in living our faith to the fullest. It's not about weirdness. It's not about strangeness. It's about the Spirit of God literally living within us and giving us the ability to just be the best versions of ourselves beyond what we could ever be ourselves. So how do we receive more of the Holy Spirit? How do I activate all of this within me? Well, here's what I want to say to you, and we don't have the time to really get into a lot of this. I have a lot more written down, and this is why we're going to be putting this into a class called Essentials here in the coming months. But this is what I would say to you, and the thing that I think you need to understand the most is that all of these features that we talked about today, they come standard. They come standard. This is not a special package that you have to order. You don't have to go to the car dealership and pay a ton of money. You don't have to do anything special in order to receive the Holy Spirit in your life. The Bible says that when you say yes to Jesus, that the Spirit of God comes and lives within you. And you have all the tools. And this passage of Scripture that we just read in Corinthians talks about that. The same Spirit that is alive within you, that's alive in me, that's alive in you, that's alive in every person, has the ability to do all of the things whenever God feels like doing it. And so for our purposes, it's you're not a special person if you've ever prayed for someone and they got healed. Thank God for that, Right? But it's not like you did anything different. God just did it himself and used you through it. So be thankful and be grateful for it and say, God, I want more of that. That's the whole concept. Every bit of it, the navigation, the alerts, right, the spiritual gifts, all of these things come standard. You don't have to do anything special, but you do need to stir it up. You do need to welcome it. So how do we do that? To finish up with this, a couple practical steps. Why don't you just stand up with me as we finish this? Practical steps. Number one. Remove barriers. It's really important to remove the barriers. And what I mean by that is, if one of the barriers is this is weird. This is strange, right? We have to get past this at some point. We have to come to a point where we say, God, I, I don't know 
I don't know everything about it. I can't, I can't figure it out. It's different than me. I'm used to science. I'm used to, to, to formulas. I'm used to, to understanding and, and, and knowing how things work. But there is an element of this I don't understand, but I believe your word is true. I'm going to remove those barriers. Remove sin in your life. Remove uh, a, a fear. Remove doubt. And just start to say, okay, God, I don't know what I don't know what, what, it, what it means, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say I'm creating a clear path, like a blank slate, right? Remove the barriers. But then number two, request the Holy Spirit. Request the Holy Spirit. I like to talk about the concept of chocolate milk. I already talked about this is, this is standard in your life. The Spirit of God already lives within you. Some of you have heard of something called like the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and the way that that actually happens isn't really important. What I would say to you is the Spirit of God lives within you. And if what you want to have God speaking to your heart, you want to be sensitive to him, you want to be available and to be used for whatever he might say to you, then you just have to say to him, God, I want that. I want to, to be aware of the proximity alerts in my life. I want your protection in my life. I want to hear your guidance in my life. I want to be used in ways that are more powerful than I could do on my own. I want to pray for people and they get healed. I want my friends to know you, and I want to be able to tell them things that maybe you've spoken in my heart that maybe they have, that I would have no business knowing. The Holy Spirit wants to use you, but it takes a willingness, and it starts with you just stirring it up, like I said, chocolate milk. Imagine for a second you've got a cup of milk, and then the chocolate syrup is just poured in it. If you don't do anything with it, it's in the cup. But it doesn't really taste like chocolate milk. you got to stir it up, right? That's what we're talking about. Requesting the Holy Spirit is saying, Holy Spirit, stir it up in my life. Begin to show me that you are present. I don't know what I think about it. I'm removing all these barriers. I'm gonna, I just want to be used by you. Help me. When I'm walking out and, and I'm, I'm walking in, my, in the streets where I'm at work and I hear people talking and, and I, I want to be sensitive to you. Let your radar be, be up in my life. You know, Holy Spirit, I want to be used by, to pray for people. God, I want to see your, your, your protection in my life. Whatever it might be requested, Holy Spirit, I want to be open to you. I want the Spirit of Jesus, which is the Bible calls the Holy Spirit. Close your eyes when you pray. I want this Holy Spirit to, to, to just flow through me. I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to be afraid of it. I don't want to, um, I don't want to misuse it. I just want to be open. I want to be a conduit so that whenever God says something to me, hey, I want to use you in this area, I would be willing. That's the first part is just to say, I'm willing, God. Luke chapter 11, verse 13 says this, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? All it takes is to say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you in my life. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit's already in your, already within you. But what you're saying is, is I want to activate those features that come standard. Holy Spirit, turn on the features. Turn on the navigation. Turn on the proximity alarms. Turn on the gifts of the Spirit in my life. Turn on the turbo engine. All those things. Turn them on. They're here. I want to use them. I want my life to be as powerful as possible. I want to be used by you. I want my life to, to look better. I want to be encouraged. I want to be filled with peace supernaturally. I want to be filled with boldness in my life. You just have to tell them, I want that. Turn on these features in my life. Help me to walk through them every day. Help me to, to, to see them. Help me to study them. And then you release the gifts that he gives you. Use the gifts that he gives you. Look for opportunities to practice. If you walk by someone who's sick, and you feel compelled to pray for them, do it. Don't tell them you're a healer. Just pray for them. Can I pray for you? And believe that God wants to heal because you're not the one healing them anyway. God is. You don't have to promise anything. God is the healer. If you have the gift of leadership, lead with it. If you have the gift of, of prayer, then pray for you. If you have the gift of faith, then lift people up in faith. Whatever God deposits in your life, release it. Learn about it. Ask about it. 
seek to be used. This is the last thing I'll say about this. I know that this topic is heavy, it is deep, and it is hard to unpack on a 35 minutes on a Sunday morning. I want to talk to you about this. I want to, to engage in conversation with you about this. If you're curious about it, if you don't understand what I'm saying, if you feel like I'm not sure what I think about this, let's talk about it. Go to Life Group because this is where we unpack this stuff. This is where we, someone who says, you know, hey, I was confused about this five years ago when I first heard about it and I've been walking in it and learning and now my life is different. Like that's how we learn. Don't just come here and go, I don't know what I think about it and then never think about it again. The whole process of our, of our walk with God is literally the process of, of hearing something. Like Jesus said, those who have ears to hear, let him hear. And part of hearing is listening and processing and asking questions and, and struggling and wrestling with it. I encourage you to do that this morning. But it starts with an open heart. So, Father, that's what we want to do. The Bible says, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So we ask for your Holy Spirit to be activated in our lives. We want not just to be given a new identity. We want to not just be restored every day. Life is hard and it's difficult. And sometimes it feels like our car is getting worse rather than getting restored into better places. And what we need is your Spirit to guide us, to assist us, to fuel us. Holy Spirit, we give you permission in our lives. We say yes to you to empower us, to guide us, to comfort us, to lead us, to give us power, God, in our circumstances so that we can be used effectively and mightily. We pray for miracles to come out of our prayer lives. We pray for miracles to come in our, in our relationships, God. We pray for the sick, and we believe they will be healed. We've got all sorts of things that you can do. Your spirit is what allows it to be. We just say yes, we want to be used by that. And so, God, as we go from this place, I pray that you would let this sit in our hearts. I pray against uh, doubt. I pray against, you know, uh, intellectualism. The idea of that this can't possibly be true simply because I can't quantify it. God, rise up faith in our hearts to believe that your word is accurate and it is true. And I pray that you would inspire instead. For those individuals who need more, God, I pray that you would inspire them to dig deep into your word. That you would, they would find scripture after scripture after scripture that talks about this very topic. That they would become hungry for it. They will become hungry for more knowledge, more experience with your spirit. Thank you for what you're doing. I love you. Guide us and keep us safe, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.